and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 224 of There's No Place Like Terra, Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I'm Nixie. And I'm Grace. And oh, look at that typo. Uh, today we are watching <laughs> SG Atlantis Season 2, Episode 16, not 26, uh-huh. like I wrote on my notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Long Goodbye, aka A Marriage Story. <laughs> it is episode 16 it is episode 16 but i wrote 26 yeah yeah oh okay yeah, i yeah. thought you reversed that no 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 yeah. the other way yeah. around um i like a marriage story <laughs> i was trying to think of a really witty aka for this and we'll have to see if one comes but i really really like a marriage story yeah the other one is mr and mrs smith would be good. That also was very... I think Mr. and Mrs. Smith is the more accurate yeah, version. Yeah, I think uh, American Story is like tongue-in-cheek. is the yeah. snarkier. Yeah. yeah. It's a snarkier <laughs> answer. Exactly. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Um, <laughs> okay. Holy hell. What a week in yeah. pop culture. What what a, what a oh, couple days. Actually, yeah. that's It wasn't like the full week. It was just like... 12 hours of pop culture. Yeah. Uh, the Critical Role return so, has start returned. Start Critical Role. Yes. Yeah, we're going to go in chronological order. It was amazing. Beautiful. Uh, the uh, it's. I feel like I'm going to say similar things about both things, but the production yes. was beautiful. Um, the production was beautiful, to- and as a production nerd for both accounts we'll get to the production nerd on the other thing mm-hmm. but i wanted overhead shot of where everyone's sitting because yeah i was trying to figure out yeah i was i think i was gonna say i think it's a big semicircle that's what i would do so that you could avoid um um like crossing each other's line of sight um yeah and uh, it just, you could tell that a lot of work went into it. It's very cool. Yes. I very much dug it. Yes. Um, and as much as everyone sort of, we're all like, well, why can't they just do it from people's houses like other shows do? And we're like, yeah, but it, 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 it they definitely keep a thing from being able to see each other in person. Well, and there's, as you know, learns in our, go oh. ahead. Okay. Go. I was just saying that. As we've learned in our own D&D game, being able to see people's faces is such a huge thing. Yeah. Well, not only that, um, also, there is just, listen, you guys have heard the nightmares that we've gone through just trying to get the plot up. I cannot imagine the logistics and the possible, the, uh, we used to call it the FUP uh, at the one of the first yeah. stations I worked up, the fuck up potential is too high. Yeah, uh, is is the FUP I'm... higher than the ROI? Yeah, and yes, yeah, and, and it would have been. So the the fuck up potential is higher than the return on the investment. So instead, you invest in a nice, safe way to keep people distant. I thought it was a very smart choice. So plus, you got to sit for three months with a 
fucking dragon turtle hanging over fucking your head. dragon turtle it was fun to see who had done their homework and who had not <laughs> yeah should uh, we should we should we should we talk spoilers in this should we give a spoiler warning for critical role let's do a spoiler warning because there's the one big thing that i like my one big theory that i want to share uh, yes. there, there's two and I like theories that theory. yeah there's, there's two theories two... one that i was okay. like super hyped about spoiler warning if you watch critical role and you haven't seen episode 100 fast forward i cannot give you the exact amount of time but just keep hitting that 30 seconds yeah fast just forward go for a little bit <laughs> um go for a little bit we'll probably go about five minutes i'd say and if you sure, come back sure. and we're in hamilton then go back <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah go Do back a little bit um and yeah also um I'll, I'll give this spoiler after if you haven't watched uh season one of critical role then don't listen to my theory yes also a spoiler but um yeah. i would say a minor i would say that's a minor season one spoiler uh, yeah very small very small one. yeah so okay yeah so they fought a uh, dragon turtle <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're having connectivity issues, guys. They fought a dragon, yeah, but more like they ran from a dragon turtle. They did like run and gunned it. Um, <laughs> uh, there was definitely no a lot of running said. and gunning. There we go. There yeah, we go. you know, I'm getting cut out issues on this end too. Am I back? Yay. Okay. Yes, you're back. Uh, yeah. You they... know what? I'm going to blame friend Amanda because she texted us and in between all of my devices getting it is when you cut out. So I'm just going to blame friend Amanda for oh, texting us. Oh, got it. I like it. Um, okay. So, uh, what was I saying? Yes. It was running and gunning, right? Because they're, they, they weren't yeah. like, trying to fully engage in a fight, but they were shooting at no. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was uh, more of like, just shoot while we run. And I did yeah. not realize boats have such strict mechanics, which makes sense. But I didn't realize yeah. that. I thought that was just the coolest part. Because the one part. time we were in a boat and fought a dragon turtle in a one shot, we didn't have any of those mechanics. We were just like, made friends with the dragon turtle. I remember that. There was like a weird, oh gosh, now I remember um, it was for it was for Jesse's birthday. It was a one shot run by a friend. It of was ours. last year. I forgot about the turtle at the end. Okay, so where were we? Um, yeah. So they they fought a dragon turtle and they ran away from a dragon turtle. And then my favorite part is the uh, what not you guys. If you're gonna polymorph something, think about what you're going to polymorph that thing into first. That's the biggest lesson I learned from this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's it's such a tricky thing, right? Because you want to polymorph it into something, but you don't want it to take damage because then it'll go back yeah. to what it was. But again, it's more of the part of think about what you're going to polymorph something yes. into before you cast polymorph. Yes. Very, very smart idea. Um, um, it, I, I liked um, I liked Caduceus going ham. Um, yeah. I think he tried to disintegrate at some point, which was amazing. And I was like, oh, he's going hard. Oh, oh no, that, that was well, that Caleb. Was, that was Caleb. Yeah. Here's the thing overall about the episode I liked is that it was, you know, 
it was something I had to think about in retrospect. Mm-hmm. It was Critical Role's first episode back. We knew there was a dragon turtle looming, and we'd been waiting for this for so long. And, and there was a part of us that really, really wanted, like, a really, really big episode. Just, like, big on all accounts. Yeah. Across the board. And it actually wasn't. No, I think I was just I happy to see liked. them again. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just, like, this nice, low-key, relative... Not their most low-key episode, but just this nice ease back into it we had a couple great revelations we had a really cool fight it was like the best all around it's you know what it's like it is like window of opportunity sg1 is it the flashiest and best yeah stargate episode of all kind no but it has all of the hallmarks of why you love stargate was episode 100 the biggest episode of critical role no but it had all the hallmarks of why you love Critical Role. Yeah, well, and I think that's smart. You know, I think it's really smart. Um, just a lesson in life, right? Um, yeah. You don't have to go big when you're about to start something. Just take a step. Just take a step. Yeah. And I think that's what they showed us. Uh, you know, this is big. This is different. This is a big change. Uh, it's been three yes. months, um, maybe longer. I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was about three months. Um um and, oh, i think a little bit over that yeah and you know it's very different setup everything's different the world is different uh maybe this is a nice little example in like hey there's no going back to things and there's yeah. no big reveal that you have to do when you decide no. to step out it's like s- small steps small steps small yep. changes and just kind of ease into the new form of life um, exactly. I think it's a great, great metaphor for that. It's a great example of that. And I think they just did fucking amazing. It was fun uh, because we just finished Last of Us 2. It was fun to watch Laura and we spent, uh, uh, fiance Jesse and I spent a solid 20 minutes just talking about how amazing she is. Because, uh, you know, I, I well, I don't know much about Last of Us. I do know her character in that game is just a little bit different than Jessica. Well, not only that, not only are her characters also different, you lose Laura in the character, which I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't... Um, I don't watch Last of Us and then and then just and I don't I don't hear Laura Bailey. I hear the character or, I, you know, I I'll hear be, Jester. I'll be I'll be honest. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know. Obviously, we do not know Laura Bailey, but I've seen enough Laura Bailey in talks. Yeah. In other things, in interviews. That I do see a little bit of Jester. Oh, of in course. Her, it's less of course. From her She's inspired from something. <laughs> of course. Of course. But she knows uh, it, it's the difference between where she seems to know the difference between Jester and Laura. Yes. Even if we... I do, however, see you know what I mean? Laura drawing dicks. I do see Laura drawing dicks in as many things oh, as I possible. Oh, I mean, that's though. fair. Uh, I think she does. <laughs> and I think some of it is her... Um, that's a place to put that part of her personality. It's just letting her... her it go. Did I do that right? I think I so. Right yeah. But, you know, I, um, I, I just... I kind of want to just do some Laura Bailey love because I think she's amazing and I think there's been some unfair bashing happening from the last of us people that were unhappy with her character um yeah I want to be clear because I did say before that I wasn't a huge huge um 
fan of some of the storytelling aspects in Last of Us 2. Um, and when we first talked about it, um, yeah, that's still true. There's some things that I wish they would have approached differently. But I think what that's she did was amazing. And I think the yeah, character is well put together. Yeah, there's a huge difference between someone's portrayal of a character and the character. Like, well, and that's... and not even that. Like, I don't even hate the character. I just don't know that I love the chronology of the story, and that's really where. Well, it got but that's me. what I mean. But yeah. Well, but and, and, and that's what I mean. That's the writing. That's what I mean. There's a difference yeah. between someone's portrayal of a character and like the writing and the story behind. Oh the yeah. Character. Yeah. Well, that too. Like, someone can. For instance, I know a perfect example that is not related to this. Uh, we recently saw Joker, and it's the first time that I had seen it. Yeah. The writing of that film, I was super not a fan of. Mm -hmm. Overall, that film, super not a fan of Joker. Uh -huh. Come at me, I don't care. Super not a fan of Joker. Like, Joaquin Phoenix as Joker yeah. was insane. Yeah, Like I feel that. Crazy good. I don't like the film. Yeah. I can appreciate his skill in that yeah. role. Well, I want to be careful because I did like... You're absolutely right. Uh, with this game, yeah. I thought the character was well put together. I thought Laura's yeah. portrayal of the character was great. Um, I loved most mm -hmm. of the world building. There was just some things in chronology that I want to... I just want to understand why. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just very curious about them. And I'm just talking on the grander. But yeah, I'm that's true. To the grander concept. Yeah. But holy moly, um, it, it was fun to watch that. It was fun to watch them try to find their voices again. Back to CR. Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I don't know yeah. if you, if you caught this. Um, a Caduceus, I think it took Talison a minute to find Caduceus again. Uh -huh. He was a little bit John Wayne at first. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, uh, and then we get to the end and this is the big this is the big spoiler oh, yeah. um, we just want to state it because we also have we, we will say you came up with a theory before I had read it anywhere else yeah uh, well and then I I, I didn't catch I, I just I just thought it and I think at some point I actually I was quiet and I was looking up Keyless's mom because I couldn't remember by the way spoiler to CR1 um, yeah. I couldn't remember if her mom had died or not i remembered we didn't like i remembered something bad had happened with her mom and so i had to go back to find the episode and it was funny because i was actually telling jesse how this island reminded me of the aramente it reminded yeah. me of the of the island where percy died where there was a scary uh ghosty yeah. section uh -huh. and i was like uh -huh. wait a minute wait a minute all this is on purpose and so that's where my brain started to put it together um yeah. And so then at the end of this episode, we meet this druid woman who uh, half elven, half elven druid woman, older. Um, she's been here for a while. Missing and now, mind you, leg. we've already picked up this idea that the people here don't really remember where they came from yep. or why they're Lost here. Lost all their memories. Uh, it's uh, what is it? The Lotus Eaters? Is that the, the Greek? Well, we. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know historical context. Oh, yeah. I think I think in like the Odyssey, that's the lotus eaters. Like they, they, they eat the lotus plants and they don't remember how to get off of there. I mean, listen, I've read the Odyssey. Did I like yeah. ingest any or retain any of it? Yeah. 
No. Now, mind you, I might be completely wrong on which one I'm thinking of. It may not be the Lotus Eaters, but I feel like that's appropriate. I feel like it's the right one. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, to me, and again, this is where I just love doing the close reads of things, of shows, of movies, of books, where I, I like to look into it. So I felt like Matt was putting up these signposts for us. Well, and I would say it may be the Lotus Eaters strictly because of Yasha. Well, that with the flower. No, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. But anyway, so there's all these things happening, right? And that that to me felt like signposts from Matt. Like first, we go to this island that feels familiar to the fan. Yeah. There's this place that feels familiar. We meet these people who don't remember where they where they came from. Yeah. We we everything's got a very druid feeling to it. And then he describes yep. this tree that is the center yeah. of all things in this little village and it, and that and that's when i was like that that's what it is this is what it is uh trees were so important and symbolic to keyleth that it would make sense mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. then this woman comes down on these vines poison ivy style and she's missing a leg. And this is yep. when I was like, that's that's Keyleth's mom. Because yep. when I looked up to see if her mom was dead or not, I remember that all we ever found was her leg. Yeah. And, and so they never actually could confirm she was dead. They just alluded to it. And I think I remember at some point, Matt, in like a post campaign was just like, you know, take from that what you will, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think this lady, this leader of the village is Keyleth's mom. Um, yep. And, uh, and everyone was so distracted by, is it a red dragon yeah, in the What's volcano? in the volcano? Um, which, which is, I will not get into it, but story for another time, we're pretty sure it's not a red dragon. Yeah. Just saying it. Check out Volos, it's, guys. It's, anyway. It's some other fun, but it's some sort of epic-ish creature, I think. Like, like some sort of yes. monster of that type. If you yeah, will. I don't remember what page it is, but it starts with an M. Go look, scavenger hunt, Volos guys. Starts yeah. with an M. Have fun. Somewhere uh, in the somewhere after page one fifty. Uh, I know that much. One seventy something. Yeah. Uh, um. So that was my big, big, big excite, excite about CR. We'll see what happens next week. Stay tuned, which will be really so exciting because it's Grace's birthday. Anyway. Yes. That's all. And we were very excited about Critical Role. And then, hours later, <laughs> came this other thing. Literally just hours. <laughs> literally hours later. Yeah. Um, so you guys may have caught on that Nixie is a fan of a little unknown show called Hamilton. Oh, you know, just this little guy. Um, I. So here's, I just want to give a brief history here. Just like the smallest brief history. Uh-huh. What... Many of our viewers may not realize is that I had a secret alternate life in my 20s when I would go to New York probably about once a month (laughs) to see Broadway and off-Broadway and as many shows. And, like, I I would see... Sometimes I saw, like, six shows, different kinds of shows in a weekend. And I'd stay there for the weekend, I'd come back, and that was, like, the thing I did. So. I saw a show called Spring Awakening, which stars one Jonathan Groff. Let's just say enough times that Jonathan Groff recognized me and <laughs> sent me a letter once and recognized when I cut my hair short and dyed it red at one point. Aww. So, uh, yeah. And 
among the shows I'd see was a show by a new fantastic uh, 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 musical writer mm-hmm. called Lin Manuel Miranda. Music and, and lyricist, right? Was the name music lyricist? He was the lead actor. Just this young phenom called Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda, and did a show called In the Heights, and I saw it twice, and like I was in awe like in awe (laughs) of this guy and i got to meet him a couple times through this long story short i would make duct tape flowers and hand them out to everyone so he does have at some point there was a picture going around on uh one of the broadway sites of him with one of my duct tape flowers and i thought i was the coolest person in the entire world uh you're pretty cool both both jonathan groff and lynn manuel great huggers just in case you want to know so like quality like good embraces um so then i remember after that show was done that uh i remember very clearly watching live this performance from the white house and it was like the spoken word night or something Uh and there was lin-manuel miranda Mm -hmm. and he was performing this song that he had been writing about the first treasury secretary of the united states alexander hamilton <laughs> and i remember him and alex lacamoire performing the song and me going that was amazing let me rewind to listen to it again and again and again nice. and then this show hamilton came out and i was never able to go up and see it mm-hmm. but i was instantly in love with it still have never been able to see it if people remember it did come through here orlando um, but I was like getting married or something Literally at the time. Literally getting married at the time. Literally, it opened on my wedding date, <laughs> and I was not able to see it. Yep. And because uh, I had to be like out of town on some stupid honeymoon or some shit, so I couldn't <laughs> see Hamilton. I mean, that just proves to show how much you love bartender Nick. Really <laughs> I know. I got married. Shows. I got married to him instead of going to see Hamilton. Yeah. So needless to say, when I heard that they had recorded this and were going to release it, like my soul was happy. Like also happy. Uh, by the way, I do have, uh, I may have seen a bad bootleg of it at one point, but it doesn't do it justice. No. Yeah. So then they said they were going to release it a year early on streaming. And I went, this is the only thing that's keeping me going through quarantine yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. This has been a really high note. This has been a really good couple days for entertainment. So I may, I may have watched it three times yesterday. <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. And to give me credit, I want full credit to get my husband to watch it. I proceeded to watch the entire show and not sing. <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. Um, I want you guys I to did. know that the video people have a guest host on yes. this side of the pod there's a stormy um, now a on my lap black puppy. <laughs> uh, yeah, i'm sure you guys have heard him boof in the background a couple times he's not a fan <laughs> of fireworks um no and you know it's it's the 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 two week fireworks season. yeah it's fireworks season and now he's licking my leg so needless to say (laughs) um as beautiful and stunning as the hamilton soundtrack is and as gut-wrenching as especially the entire second hack is of that it is nothing compared to the filmed live show yeah it was something else and there was some spots um where 
I will admit, for me, it was great to watch it because I was like, oh, that's who sings that part. Oh, that's who's singing yeah. that. Because once you're singing, yeah. it's harder to distinguish voices. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, that makes more, that makes, the, that changes the story. So, you know what I mean? There's all these small yeah. changes and there was these little bits that were available uh, in the in the, in the the Broadway production that aren't on the soundtrack. Uh, There's only like two small bits. Yeah. yeah. But and even just like seeing people's faces and their reactions when they're yeah. doing things and just these, it, man, it was something else. Well, and there's also just, you know, it's, it's a natural change where I, I feel like if some of the more emotional moments in Act 2, if you had recorded their portrayal on stage, these moments when they're breaking down in tears as they're singing... As an audio recording, it would not have worked as well. Yeah. So when you add that emotion back in there and you're seeing them breaking down as they're singing, it's just like, oh, why does my chest hurt? Yeah, this is weird. I have feelings. Uh, it was it was good times. On, on top of the fact that I, as also unknown fact, um, I was a theater tech junkie and actually went to school for theater production for a short bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Oh, the double, the double turntable stage. Oh, that's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that stage is so hot. Yeah. Well, just the blocking, the whole, I, it's quite the production. I, it's, I made, it's so pretty. I made Jesse watch, um, we were watching Uncle Buck last night um, on HBO mm-hmm. Max. And so then we were like kind of strolling through HBO Max. And I said, oh, I want to watch Good Morning from Singing in the Rain real quick. Because oh yeah, it's the it's so that's what this reminds me of. It's like these old school shots. Yeah. There's something so specific to how you shoot dance. I, I listen as also a fan of uh, classic '50s musical theater uh-huh. movies. Yeah. Um, Good Morning is still one of my favorite production numbers. It's so much fun to like, watch. I still, I still am incapable of someone saying Good Morning Without, and in my head yeah. not going. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And it was fun. And I sat there and I nerded out a little. And I said, look, you can tell that Gene Kelly is used to being a solo dancer. Because when the three of them are in line, he is going full out and completely unaware of his two co-stars who are dancing in synchronous with each other as far as the size of their movements. Where he's like, none fucks. He can't. He has no ability to tone it down. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. But I thought that was just really beautiful to watch. I was like, yeah, he's always... I was like, you can tell that he's usually just a soloist. Cause it, and also, I'll, I will say, I really... Just to... just to Because he's... I love Donald O'Connor so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's that's what it made me think of. And so I made Jesse watch that with yeah. me for a bit. Uh, I, I, I've learned that if I can rope him into the tech of it, he's a little more interested in some of those things. And there's a lot of tech yeah. uh, in Hamilton. I oh, have well, been that, he's just as fascinated to, one, yeah. to see. I have been just as fascinated to see the behind the scenes, like, footage and and shots of Hamilton as like the onstage stuff like the amount of all of those tables they keep stored flied in the air and like the mechanics they have like this whole big like bookcase in the background with all the different papers yeah because each paper is different and the mechanics of each paper and how often they replace all the papers Uh, like that stuff is like I would love to see just an overhead shot 
to see how they yeah. choreographed with the two rotating pieces. I know. Because, I know. like, oh, man. Anyway, yeah. and let's not even get started on the... Uh, we should at some point get to this episode. Yep, but yep. We're talk- we, we are here to talk last, about Stargate. Last thing I will say is I want to live in the... Um, the dancers' outfits, just the pant- boots and pants, yes. and a tank top forever. Yes. Yeah, I'm in. Um, okay, I'm also the, the and the, the the last thing I will say is, um, go watch Hamilton, listen to the skill, listen to the emotion, listen to the pure power in every single one of their fucking voices, and then remember that they did that eight times a goddamn week. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Sometimes twice a day. Yeah. I can't imagine. Okay. Okay. So, we're here to talk about Stargate. Believe it or don't, this is a Stargate podcast. February 2nd, 2006. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, I just want you to know, we're getting real close to when I graduated college now. Oh, wow. That's a thing. So, uh, written by Damien Kindler, directed by Andy Makita. And you remember the last episode when we were like, you know, this sounds like an episode, uh, the title sounds like an episode of, of Star Trek? Yeah. yeah. Actually, it is an episode of Star Trek, nice. of Next Gen. Yeah. Uh... And they both, there's apparently a novel, a 1954 novel by Raymond Chandler called The Long Goodbye. It's like a like old school 50s hardcore detective novel. yeah 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 i know raymond chandler there's a lot of raymond chandler reading in this house not by me but <laughs> it is happening uh yeah i thought it was twilight zone but now read. based on the content i can see how it's raymond chandler uh, i'm wondering if there's a nod to well, it i will say i when i say i briefly skimmed i briefly skimmed mm. over the synopsis of the book it didn't seem like there was too much that you would have pulled from. Okay. Gotcha. That's not saying I didn't completely miss it, though. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. So, really, there's not any uh, new guest stars, because I don't really consider Carson and Lauren and Caldwell guest no, stars at this point. No, they're part of the they crew. Con- they conveniently got around guest stars by just having them in the brains of our main cast to um genius cast very smart uh nice way to save a couple bucks um Uh to stick in the theme of you know the broadway hamilton they're featured extras they're or they're they're featured dancers (laughs) if you will they're featured dancers yes yes you know how uh in act one uh uh tori higgins will be playing we're in act two (laughs) she'll be playing phoebus Phoebus. (laughs) aka uh jefferson um also again just david fucking digs okay i'm done with hamilton yeah we can we should just do an own pot on that one we'll just do a tangent cast on oh we really missed it we really missed an opportunity to put this up for the fourth holiday but that's fine i know okay we're good we're good i know okay so previously in atlantis remember how caldwell was a ghoul cool keep that in mind this episode yeah it's important things the team flies through space in a jumper, trying to explain to... How would you explain to Taylor and Ronan television? I mean, I think... And movies. I, I, I think the box thing is so misleading. 
Yes. Um, because once you say you're watching a box, I think you have to call it a magical box. It's you have to say it's similar to Asgard t- to ancient tech, if you will. I would just leave it a screen. Yeah. Because they've seen screens. Like, they know what a screen is. Yeah. I mean, they've seen some interesting tech, so I would say, so they use the screens for entertainment, and what they do is they they make, like, I think, then what you would do is they'd be like, like, they'd be making stuff up just to put it on the screens. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the yeah. great part. Yeah. But that's how I would Well, it's like it. Taylor's... Taylor's seen football. Like, she's seen things that they put on television. Yeah. You can't tell me that Ronan, while he's been there, hasn't seen a movie. Like, they, you can't tell me Atlantis doesn't have movie nights. Right. I, yeah, I think I would tell them, because I feel like all most cultures have some sort of plays or storytelling. Yeah. And I said, so what yeah. they've done is they've used the screens to capture the storytelling so they can share it with more people. I do, however. But I love how meta uh, it gets. Yeah, no, I, I was about to say, the meta conversation about how Ronan's like, so people just sit there and watch the screen for hours on I, end, I was like, stop looking at me, Yeah, Ronan. I was waiting for Jason Momoa to break the fourth wall, because if anybody's gonna, it's gonna be him. You know? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Okay, sorry, there's a dog on me, so I'm moving for the video, people. That's fine. So, uh, also, yes, Jeopardy is dangerous, and Double Jeopardy is double dangerous. Oh, let's talk about how annoying it would be to watch Jeopardy with McKay. Let me tell you why. Probably, is it as annoying as me? No, well... Slightly slightly more annoying as me. Let me tell you why. Because you've met me. I think you and I have watched Jeopardy together. I think we have with the boys. Um, and We did. We were doing puzzles. Yeah. One of my concern, one of my biggest pet peeves is that you have to wait until he is done (laughs) reading or else your buzzer will get locked out. So if you do not wait and you yell out an answer, you don't count. And so nothing bothers me more than people who yell out the answer before Alex Trebek is done reading. I don't know if I do that. No, I think I I think it was I don't think it actually was you. I think um, it was somebody else to somebody else's in the room who I think (laughs) at some point didn't know the answers, but were just yelling out things to annoy me. But I I also I'm guessing I know both those people. Um, I also think that McKay is someone who'd be like, yeah, that's the wrong answer. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. So McKay is such a know it all that one he would be like, technically, that's not right. And then talk over the next question. But he'd also be the one who yells out before Alex could even finish reading. Like, I think I'd hit him. I might hit him. This is, I, would be when I hit McKay. Here's, again, my problem is my brain right now is only processing Hamilton. So I go back to the line from Burr where he's like, why do you always <gasps> have to be the smartest one in the room? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Okay, so... They then get a double proximity alarm. Yikes. Uh, uh, to, to these small, like, they're, they're big enough to be coffins. Mm-hmm. Just big enough to be coffins. But they're not coffins because there's a life sign in both of they're them. They're technically not coffins. <laughs> so, naturally, they bring them back to Atlantis. Sure. So, Carson radios to Weir that the first pod's ready to be unsealed. 
And she's on her way down, and she runs into Caldwell in her office. Mm. Uh, Hermione's off doing a pair is literally running the Daedalus in circles around the solar system. So, to Caldwell's credit, he came down here to do some of his own repairs. Yay. And because he knows knows everything the ghoul did, it was happening with his voice and with his body, and there was nothing he could do. And there's no point where he's ever going to be able to forgive himself for that, regardless of his inability to do anything. It's certainly not a foreshadow. Oh, I heard yeah. that. Oh, I'm trying to ignore it. <laughs> it's uh, certainly not a foreshadow for the future of this episode. Sure. And uh, Weir reminds him, it's like, look, you can't be held responsible for the actions that, that the ghoul did. Um, Weir, on the other hand definitely still holds some guilt over what she did right um she crossed her own lines right i remember that. regardless of whoever else's lines those were and caldwell tries to ease that like look lives are at stake um i do want to point out that lives are at stake and the stake i wrote is meat steak yeah. so lives are at a meat view into my brain lives are at t-bone steak uh, and she invites Caldwell down to see the new fun toy that, that the team has brought back. <laughs> and the pod is there in a beautifully sunlit lab. Mm-hmm. Carson's able to figure out. He's very happy to see Caldwell back, by the way, on his feet. That's great. Back to person. Well, um, because Carson's a good guy and he just wants everybody to be yeah. okay. 100%. Yeah. And so it is a life pod to keep a human humanoid in stasis. Uh, it's a woman. And they can only fit one in the jumper. So that's why uh, Taylor and Ronan aren't here. They're with Lauren getting the other right, one. Right, right. Rodney pops up, surprised to see Caldwell here, and starts the trend in this episode of McKay totally trusting Caldwell yeah. <laughs> in things. Yeah. It's not fun. It's just a lot of him being a jerk to Caldwell the whole episode. Where at some point I think I would be yes. like, my God, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Caldwell also does press some of Rodney's buttons later on. Oh, where yeah. He's just like, are you done yet? Are yeah. you done yet? Yeah. Are you done yet? Are you now? done yet? Are you done yet? Smartest man in the yet? world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and without any further ado or prep work, just pops open that pod. Yay. Just crawls can tell that the woman is. Uh huh. Barely alive. She's not an ancient. No clue how long she's been in this pod in stasis. Um, but is not going to survive much longer. Yeah. And Weir thinks it's a real shame that he can't talk to her. Like, imagine what she could tell them. Oh, boy. And she gets closer. Be careful what you wish over for. The face. <laughs> and then a beam of white light suddenly envelops her face. And thankfully, John and Caldwell are there to catch her as she falls unconscious. Yikes. Credits. This was a pretty long walk up to the credits. Super long cold open. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we haven't had one like this in a while. Um, yeah. Um, be careful what you wish for, Weir. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say Also, there. Also, like, you just cracked open, like, no sensors before? You, after like, you have none of you like, watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? You don't just yeah. open the Ark of the Covenant and, like, no. look into it, you dum-dums. No. <laughs> so in the infirmary, McKay just wants to make sure it's not his fault, right? Yeah, of course. That's who he is today. 
Weir starts to wake up and looks at everyone very curiously. And the first thing she says, totally normal, Dr. Weir is fine. Oh, that's, yeah. And since Every time someone we know, randomly starts talking to the third person, everything's fine. <laughs> we totally know that Weir does not talk to herself in the third person. Mm. Uh, Caldwell hears the word imprinting and suddenly calls for security because him and McKay are like, we've been here before. This is not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her name is Phoebus or as I will call her for the rest of the episode Weirbus Weirbus I do. <laughs> Phoebus is so specific I, I kind of love it feels like a name uh, uh, there's this Friends episode where Phoebe is like a man named Phoebo so Phoebus sounds like something she'd call herself <laughs> Yeah, and I automatically just think of, like, the moon. Yeah. <laughs> before, like, the actual, like, mythology. Nice. Just the moon. Um, but I call her Weirbus. Yeah, Weirbus. Because it's like, it's like a were-bear or a were-panther. Uh-huh. It's a were-bebus. I like it. It's a were-weer. It's a were Yeah, it's a were-weer. So, it's a weebus or a... Beer. No, I like the first one. Werebus. Werebus. So, she tries to reassure them uh, that there's no need to worry. Totally calm. Totally chill. Uh, the We're our race. We're explorers. And we're on our way home. And we were attacked by the Wraith. That's a good cover story, right? You guys believe that? That sounds good? Cool, cool, cool. Uh, we totally had to abandon our ship and and... We've been in the pod. Like, rolls a high deception check on that one. Yeah, everything's super normal. We just, please help us. It's so sad. And and she assumes, considering she's in another person's body, that her own body was beyond recitation. And Carson's like, yeah, 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 no, you're, you're basically dead. dead. Super dead now. Would you look at your own body? Um... I don't know. If you had the opportunity, like, you know, we don't know what happens on the other side, but let's say there's an opportunity to look at your own dead body. I have a feeling that I would do one of those from afar through a window. See how I feel about that. Okay. That would determine whether I go closer or go, nope, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> gotta go. That's Because I think if, if, if she's been in stasis this long, she clearly was not that age when she went in. Like, the aging was slowed, but she had aging. So, I think if it was, like, my body through a window from a distance looks 50 years older than what I am now, I'd be able to separate it. Yeah, I think I would be it. so curious as to what my old body looks like. I would walk right up to that thing and be like, oh, look how old I am. I think that's the thing. If, if if I had aged 50 years in this process, I would have no problem with it. Yeah. If I look as I do now, I think it would be a little like, nope, that's weird. I'm going to nope. Going to not. You got to kill it. And then it's already dead. So you don't have to kill it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you just still stab it in the chest anywhere. Just in case. You just got to double tap. Yeah. <laughs> just double tap it. <laughs> uh so, uh, uh, Weirbus is like, well, I'm, I'm sort of dead already then, uh, which sucks. Uh, oh, and you can totally speak to Dr. Weir if you want. 
She's totally in uh, here. Everything is fine. So Weirbus totally steps aside, totally lets Weir come forward. Not pretending like, at nope, all. I'm fine. I know exactly what's going on. Like, the imprinting's only going to last a few hours. And, like, this Viva super wants to be here and we open the other pod mm -hmm. uh, because it's her husband. And I love him. And, and totally overwhelmed by the rush of emotion uh -huh. and continues to roll a super high deception check. Well, you know, in fairness, she is being overwhelmed by a rush of emotion. This is true. <laughs> it's just she not the one we assume it is. Which emotion? <laughs> So I think it makes deception. It's like deception with advantage for being so clever in the word choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and and John's like, well, I can totally imagine what you feel like. And McKay's like, no, you can't. Nope. Yeah, I know. Um, you think it's it's like a and, rite and of passage for the people on Atlantis for this team. It's like, have you yeah. had your brain taken over by something yet? It's your turn. Yeah. You rolled high on the dice. <laughs> um, but maybe John, his time is up. He's he's rolled that nat one. Uh, and so Phoebus has a favor to ask John. Phoebus. 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 Sorry, it just sounds and like that, a song. It... Phoebus! Phoebus! Like, just like some old school like uh, uh, electronic music. You know where they just randomly throw a word in there? Just, oh, Phoebus. Yeah. Phoebus. Phoebus. <laughs> There's a lot of synth involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that night, the second pod is brought into the lab. <clears throat> McKay's been able to figure out that the beam is a failsafe, basically. Mm. Like, it's a literal flash memory. Get it? <laughs> and... Caldwell's like, oh, what's the point? If it's going to fade after a few hours, then why? And John's like, it's a literal living black box human flight recorder. It's who lives, who dies, who tells our story. Who tells your story. <laughs> I'm just going to name this episode Hamilton References. The, the, the Reynolds pamphlet. May, uh, <laughs> the weirdest uh, pamphlet. <laughs> Yep. And, uh, and, but it's, you know, if, if it goes down, if something happens to the ship, then you have someone who can still be interrogated, who can be asked questions about what went down, and it's more information than just a black box could give you. Right. And, or, because Carson It's basically you cast speak heart. with dead. Yeah, it's just cast speak with dead. Yeah. It's, but you get more options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really high level speak mm -hmm. with dead. Uh, but because Carson inside has the heart of a romantic, he's like, but it's two last survivors oh, to say goodbye Carson, to you sweetie pie. Okay, I want to share. At I this know. part of the episode, I odd... Oh, wait. I take this back. Okay. Carson did not say that. It was weirdly McKay. It just sounds like a thing Carson would say. Oh, okay. I will say when this thing says gets said, I odd yeah. so hard that Jesse was like... I know. Are you Okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it just got yeah, that was... real, real sickly sweet for a second there. <laughs> that was weirdly McKay who said that. Yeah. I just have Carson right after that wheels we're in. 
who clearly didn't need a wheelchair, but it's also Carson who's like, no, sit in the fucking wheelchair. Uh, you're lucky you're getting out of the infirmary. Uh, Carson is definitely, I will say, um, when, I, you know, I, I deal with a lot of illness, but I don't get sick sick very often. And when I do, yeah. I, I think domestic partner, boyfriend, fiance, Jesse, channels his inner yeah. Carson. Because he's never <laughs> like this. Like, cause, just because it's yeah. not how we are. But he's like, go lay down. What can I bring you? Yeah. You want food? Yeah. Don't move. I'm going to yep. do this. Yeah. You stay there. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't channel that. <laughs> I know, I know that. Yeah, I mean, listen, if there was a point where someone actually gets to that point, yeah, I would channel that. But I'm normally like, well, why don't you get up and get yourself some meds? <laughs> like, you have, your legs still walk. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I think that's the um, the outcome of growing up with a mother who is an ER nurse. Probably. Who's like, who's you're like, fine. Just it's a little rub, blood. Rub some dirt in it. <laughs> don't come at me unless you can't control the bleeding or it's broken. Okay, yeah. <laughs> As long as you're breathing, you're doing, you're screaming, you're doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you can cry, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> that is so, actually how my mom uh, would but... know I was really sick when I was little. Cause I wouldn't even be crying. I would like, I would just be like yeah. silently tears falling out of face. Like I am in pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Weir would not take no to leaving the infirmary from, mm -hmm. from Carson. So, John calls her a hopeless romantic and she says love is a powerful thing. Mm. Mm. I mean, John's agreeing to this, so maybe he's a hopeless romantic too. Ba, ba, ba. So many like foreshadowing so, things. I know. Carson does he's like, look, I've checked the EEG. I, I am fairly certain the, the implanting is going to last a day at the longest. Like it's mm -hmm. not going to be a permanent thing. John, you'll be fine. You'll be someone else for like a day. Yeah. And again, without any prompting, McKay's just like, well, I've cracked this one open too. Yeah. Uh, hey, I I know that I just let out one bad guy. Uh, just call me Pandora. I'm just going to keep opening yep. boxes and see what comes out of them. The yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's the <laughs> same deal, different color uniform, but it's hard to tell if it's a different uniform or just an outfit. Um, it's another elderly guy who's about to die. John is very clearly nervous about this. Mm -hmm. um, Caldwell would prefer if there is going to be an alien entity take over John's head. It's not like armed with John's yeah. sidearm. Smart maybe? call by Caldwell. So he hands it over to McKay and not Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Which I assume is only for the later scene so that McKay has a weapon. Because that yeah. seems not who he would hand his gun yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, John still delays and, like, thinks of reasons why to stall this. And he yeah, goes, I, mean, I feel weird about all of this. Yeah. They were, they were married, right? Like, are they going to do, like, married people things? I, I do love, again, um, I, like, we, 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 this happened to us, uh, we happened upon this idea in the tower, but he's so shy, like, he's not a guy who is into public displays no. of affection. Like, he no. is not interested in... He's not, he's not someone who's going to be holding your hand while out at the mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is, is very weird about, yeah, he is a little bit uncomfortable still. 
in those spaces. Um, and Weirbus is like, look, I promise to be discreet. <laughs> and I, I can feel like John's like, I'm not worried about you being discreet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's like, it's like you and like, it, it, she's like my boss. But we sort of have, like, this weird non-relationship, but then she's my boss, and we're both going to know what's going on. And that's... Yeah. It's going to be real strange. It's going to be weird. It's like being <laughs> drunk and aware of how drunk you are as you make bad decisions. Yes. Oh, that kind sounds of, terrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so John leans in, gets gets flash memory to his face. Uh, Carson runs over. Weirbus stops him. You know, give him a moment. Yeah. John's able to keep it together. And John is not John anymore. He is Thalen, or as I have named him, Thay John. <laughs> Thay John. Thay John. I like it. I mean, it works with so, Weirbus. Yeah, Weirbus and Thay John. Or John Lynn. Is what I've called them. But I do like Thay John. <laughs> cool because that's the one i have written all over my notes oh yeah i've just been a butthole and sharing other things we are not changing it on my dumb account <laughs> they part nope <laughs> so so we're tells them that look you know these people have recovered our pods they were generous enough to give us one last time to be together one last time to say goodbye to my husband and he's like she's like slowly they're like walking around to each other during all of this and and sounds super convincing and grabs him for a snog everyone else except for Carson looks away Carson's like yeah I like how they're all like a little uncomfortable but he's like go go to town yeah love is love go for it yeah love is love yo yeah so I'll tell you. And also, oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I will also say, I will also say, Carson's probably in the back of his head going, "Where and John should have done that a long time ago, just to get that shit done with." Like I feel like he should just be holding a glass of scotch and be like, "About time." Like, just... yeah, basically. Yeah. Just get it. It took done. alien entities. It took yeah. alien entities for you guys to snog. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like it's one of those tensions where. If they play it out, they'll realize that there's actually not sexual tension yeah. there. They're just very... No. There's just this very mutual regard for each other. Yes. Uh, ultimately, but, and, and that's it's what just I think. One of those, Yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's like, they need... Sometimes you have to like walk up to the river and put your toe in it before you went, hey, that river's cold and I don't want to be in it. Yeah, like, oh no, just kidding. There's nothing here. Yeah. And then you're not like have this worry about a river anymore. Yeah. That was a weird analogy, but I yeah. said it anyway. I gotcha. I followed. So Weirbus asked to be alone for a few minutes. Caldwell's like, yeah, no. That's not happening. Carson's like, I mean, don't be heartless. There are two <laughs> lovers. And McKay's like, I mean, they're both consenting adults. What they do is what they do. The, I, I get, I mean, are they though? I, I mean, I don't know that the other two, that the actual owners of these bodies consented to this. Uh, yeah, well, okay. We're didn't. 
Yeah. Like, and, and John was like, I mean, I guess. It's, uh, yeah, that it's is great. an interesting, it's an interesting consent puzzle. Uh-huh. I, look, I, I, I'm not on board this unless we've got 100% yeah. consent. <laughs> yeah. Right that, now, we're that's one that needs. Yeah, we're maybe yeah, at 75% uh, right now. <laughs> possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's not what Caldwell's worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Thejan, like, knows Caldwell is right, you know? Like, Weirbus knows that Weir's in charge of this facility. And Thejan knows that there would be armed guards at both doors. And two of them, Weirbus adds two. Um, at least. And Caldwell's like, yeah, I fucking put them there because I don't trust this situation Yeah, this at is bad all. times. Yeah. And with a smirk at each other, both of them turn and run towards opposite doors. So let me tell you John, what my brain thought yeah. right at this second before we get any further. <laughs> I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. this was a Bonnie and Clyde situation. I can see it. I think that's what I first thought, too. I thought we were going to go out guns blazing in this weird, like, uh, yeah, yeah. On the same team. Uh-huh. Anyway, not at all. Uh, but they don't. Uh, John punches one guard out. Uh, I think both. Takes a stunner. Weirbus. Weirbus. Weir. Takes out one by the throat and body slams him onto the ground. You know, it is nice to see Weir gets to do some action. How much fun was this episode for Tori Higginson? Yep, yep, that's exactly what I was getting. Yeah, you're Uh, exactly. How much fun was this to film? She finally gets to just do some ass kicking. I know. She's, I I mean, she's shooting that gun like like she's done it her whole life. Yeah. So they both get stunners. They shoot each other across the room. Uh, Caldwell calls for security, gets hit by a stunner himself. Uh, McKay just shoots blindly with John's sidearm towards Thajon until Carson reminds him that that's actually John. Maybe don't shoot your friend. Yeah. Uh, Stop. Stop. John goes running, running out the door, out. Uh, Weir comes in, has, has McKay and Carson by stunner point. Uh, no, they don't need marriage counseling. Um, that's not Weirbus's husband. He is the enemy. And when Carson, because he's Carson, refuses to call security to tell them everything is fine, Weirbus just stuns him. Yeah. So she sucks. She's now on everyone's shit list because she just stunned Carson. Yeah, don't, don't do that. We like Carson. No. Uh, McKay does the most convincing call to security ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to get my camera back in focus. Anyways. Um, oh. <laughs> and so Weir just is like, Weir was just like, fuck you, and stuns him anyway. And tells the entire base that John is not who he says he is and to secure the area. Uh, and if you find him, call Weir. She'll deal with himself. Except Weir then takes the radio and throws it on the ground. So how is anyone going to tell Weir but how, how are we gonna call you? They John. Yeah. It, how how yeah. 
how do we call you if you don't have your phone? Yeah. Um, I was, it reminds me of like this dumb like imager thing I saw where someone found a phone and then texted a friend on the phone. Um, yeah. And they texted someone's friend and they're like, hey, uh, your friend lost his phone. And they're like, which friend? It's like the one that you're getting this text from. Can you let yeah. him know that he lost his phone? And it's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then that person texts back the same number and go, hey, man, you lost your phone. It's like yeah. the same yeah, yeah, type yeah. of logic, only uh -huh. backwards. Like, how? but you don't. OK, bye. <laughs> That's not how that works. Yeah. having such issues with my camera right. so you look fine on my end if it base. matters okay i just felt like i looked blurry uh-uh okay uh so taylor and ronan or no so weir walks around the base in very dramatic lighting lauren's team uh falls in behind her no questions asked mm. so taylor and ronan come into the lab as caldwell wakes up uh they're being played duh yeah. And he calls security and is like, yeah, whatever Weirbus said, don't do that. Like, they're both, find them both. Both bad. Yeah. Everybody sucks. Lock this shit down. Also, don't use lethal force, please. <laughs> Just saying. Because it's still Weir and Shepard and they're kind of important. <laughs> uh, and Ronan knows that him and Taylor can track the two of them way faster than any security can. Mm-hmm. Because of course they can. Yeah. So, as as Lord and his Marines are walking with Weir, uh, they get the radio signal from Caldwell in their ear, and they pause, hold back, and then surround Weir. And and Weirbus is like, "Well, have you thought about maybe Caldwell is affected by this bullshit too?" Oh no. Which. Lauren isn't buying for his own credit. Mm -hmm. um, or at least is more like, well, give me the gun and we'll figure that shit out yeah. together. Yeah. And after she hands the stunner over, one of the Marines has his shoulder, his like hands on Weir's shoulder. And then in a matter of seconds, Weirbus, unarmed, takes out a whole bunch of Marines. Yeah, that was, um, that's a uh, shame on you, man. You basically had her in your <laughs> sights. Yeah, I think it's the hesitation yeah. because it's Weir's body that made that made yeah. that happen. And they weren't well, and they also like. It's one of those where, I mean, you do have a stunner, so. It is one of those when you hear from a different authority figure. You've heard from one authority figure that someone is under an alien control and then you hear from a different authority figure that no the person who told you that is now under alien control yeah. and you're like i don't know what to fucking believe anymore yeah what do i how do i not kill anybody but also not 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 you know get us in more danger yeah yeah so she yeah. she takes the uh, a p90 and a vest off one of the marines that may be off lauren i that i didn't see and mm -hmm. goes running in the control room, Chuck tells Caldwell that they've lost contact with Lauren's team, so that's bad. Um, everyone locks down into their quarters. Yep. Because it's like, that's safe. 
get to a place. We don't have to worry about you now. Everybody hunker down. Yeah, and they're going to use the life-size detector because all security forces will be in groups of two until Ronan's down. And then until Lorne, sorry, until Ronan and Taylor split up, all of the security teams are at least in groups of two. Yeah, yeah. So if it's it's a single person, it is Weirbus or Thajon. And that's when McKay is like, hey, technically I'm third in command of this base. So I should be giving the orders. Okay, McKay, fine. You can give the orders. Yeah. <laughs> Cobble's like, dude. seriously, this is clearly a military situation. And like, I'm the next person in charge of military. And, and where's, or, or, or McKay's like, you're only here like one week out of whatever. And Cobble's like, you don't even go out. here. This isn't even your school. <laughs> yeah. You can't be class president. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, Caldwell's like, do you know what the chain of command is? It's the chain that I beat you with until you understand who's in charge. <laughs> I remember that. And That's he also. Like a recurring joke this week. I know. Good old Firefly. You can't not quote it. Yeah. And Caldwell rightfully calls McKay out. He's like, is it because you don't trust me because I was a ghoul? Well, probably, yeah. Um, and I love how McKay looks to Carson for backup, and Carson's like, I ain't fucking touching this with a ten-foot pole. Like, nope. this is not my fight. You started this. You deal with it by yourself. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping in here. Yeah. So, Weirbus and Thajon talk to each other over the radios. Mm -hmm. And they sneak around on the base. And although Thajon also knows the more they use the radios the more these people are going to be able to track us because they're not stupid. Mm -hmm. Which eventually Chuck, yes, picks all this up and is broadcasting it in the control room. Yep. Basically, yes, these two, while they may not be husband and wife, for sure have a relationship. They now, really know it may other. be a relationship. It may be a relationship based on the obsession to kill one another. <laughs> yes, but it is still a relationship. Yeah. Well, there's clearly some sort Although, of weird passion thing there. Well, and I, I will say this. I do feel like, especially as you continue through the episode, when you get to the end, Weirbus is clearly more, like, obsessed with this on a, like, almost like a Harley Quinn level than Thajon is. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, I, I, and here's... I, uh, here's what I think. I think at some point there was a relationship there. Um, it, it's, um, and then one of them went too far. Like they were on different sides of a situation and then one of them went too far with it. And I think, um, Thajon, dude has some awareness that there's still this human being in there or whatever being in there that he once had a connection yeah. to. Whereas Phoebus is like, nope, fuck it all. Like she's completely got unhinged. Yeah. I, I don't know if there was a relationship and there, there may have been considering they're from two different warring planets. You yeah. know, I, I don't know. I do get the feeling that like to Thajon, this is like, 
no, you're coming after me and killing me, and I'm going to kill you first because I'm not going to be the one that ends up dead. Yeah. And because we notice later on that he actually cares about collateral damage. Whereas Werbus gives no shits and, like, just wants this guy dead and doesn't really care who else has to go down the process. Yeah. And is down for more playing games and toying with him. Revenge will fuck you up, man. It doesn't let you see what's out there. So in the control room, Caldwell realizes that, naturally, it was all an act. We never talked to Weir. Um, And these are two fighter pilots who don't know the war is over. Mm -hmm. Um, Plus, they happen to now know the entire layout, systems, weapons, everything of Atlantis. Yay. Yeah, that's bad. So Weirbus is sneaking through the city, seemingly unaware that Taylor and Ronan are right there as well, keeping hidden, waiting, just waiting. And we get to my favorite, the flights through the city transitions. (laughs) They are pretty cool. You know, I have to say, I have to be more aware of them. Because I'm always so just focused yeah. in the story that I, I forget. I forget well, to pay attention. Well, and we don't see them super often. It's yeah. like, there's not too many episodes that have them. So we then get some Marines coming down the stairs, and Thajun just reaches through the stairs to trip them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. And he, he takes their P90 and heads off. Caldwell suspends all the gate travel, um, and basically gets the Atlantis version of a red alert. Yeah. And uh, McKay sees that one of them is right near the power station, and then all the power goes out on hey, base. Hey, look at they that. that. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Weir is still on the balcony, so clearly it was Thajon who took it out. And she gets the sense that someone's there. Mm-hmm. So she just parkours off the balcony into the darkness. I mean, sure. That's how you do that. And Taylor and Ronan go to try to find her. She's gone. Um, they're going to split up. Ronan's like, look, I know how John's brain works, so I'm going to go after him, and I don't know how the fuck, like, Weir's brain functions, so why don't you go after her? Yeah. I feel like this uh, furthers this idea that part of Ronan is intimidated by Weir. Um, there, there's, like, a set, um, like, not that it's, not that he's insecure about anything of himself, but he's just, no. like... He's so used to being able to read people and he can't fucking read her for shit. Yeah, he it's like it's like his I've run across people like this before. We we know people like this where it's like our brains just don't function in the same way. Like, yeah, things that come like things that I think it's we don't think about the same things in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Come about answers in the same way. Yeah. Brains, man. They'll do things. Yeah. They're weird. Yeah. They're weird little organs. Fun times They're not really little brains. in comparison. They're yeah. pretty big in comparison to organs. I mean, they're smaller so than now the skin. Whole... <laughs> this is true. I don't know. If you took all your skin and wadded it up, yeah, I guess the brain's still smaller. Yeah, I think we the have skin, a lot of skin is the largest organ on the body or something like that. Yeah. That's weird. Know. So, uh, uh, two Marines, Not Oregon, two Marines from, from the, the Daedalus are guarding the, um, power station, but they're like not awake right now. 
They 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 went nighty night. Yeah, it's not gonna um, happen. And the yeah. and the the backup generators are also down. So now we've lost shields, communications, all sensors. We can't reach the Daedalus. Completely dead in the water. Mm-hmm. And McKay's like, I don't. What do you mean I'm gonna go down and fix it? Like whoever's down there just took out your guards. So you're gonna send me down there? Like what? I'm gonna no. You know what it is? He's like, I am not expendable. I don't know how to be yeah. more clear <laughs> about that. I am needed here, and I am offended that you don't see how inexpendable I am. <laughs> Meanwhile, Carson's like, there's people who may be injured. Well, I'm going to go either way. Oh, Carson's what a like, hero. Or, or McKay's just like, God damn it. Now I... Can you have... Shut have guards. up, Carson. Yeah. We're going to do this. <laughs> and and I mean, listen, he also, Carson also tries to reassure him. He's like, he's not trying to kill us. That's true. He's trying to kill Weirbus. Mm-hmm. So, and there is another very tense moment between McKay and Caldwell. Yeah. So John, John comes up to an armory, super knows exactly that Ronan's there. Mm-hmm. And he calmly explains to Ronan, look, I have a plan. Like, because Caldwell's actually the other alien. Like, I'm John. So the aliens are Weir and Caldwell. And, like, yes, I cut the power. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to stay alive. Ronan is the only other one that John can trust to not shoot him on sight. I like, love Weir this- totally... Sh- Totally shoot. I mean, stun, but totally shoot on sight. Weird. Yeah. I love this uh, this misdirect that they're both trying to create with Caldwell. It just goes to show how on top of John and Elizabeth's mind it is that they're not quite sure that they can trust Caldwell. Because I think both Phoebus and Thalen are reaching for that. I think that's why they both go to yeah. this place this mystery because they're like oh here's yeah. a thing you can lean on yeah or it, it's either like the actual the actual slight underlying mistrust or they know that that's recent history so they yeah. can cash in on it like yeah. one of something in there so Ronan turns points his gun at John and asks John what he watches on TV and I mean I have flaws in this method of Ronan's yeah. trust elements. He's like, John, John, they John goes, it's like, well, I mean, that's not the best question because any alien in my brain would know that I watch football. And he goes, well, only John would admit it. Would, really? Would John not admit that his favorite show to watch on television is football? Well, no, I think what he means is that only real John would admit that that's a bad question because the alien would know. Um, True. I, I think that's how he meant it, but... That makes much more sense. Yeah, but even then, it's like, well, I just don't know that there is a way to do it. If this alien can get all of John's memories, there's really no Which way to Which is know. what comes up later with yeah. John, with, with, you know, with Taylor and, and John. Yeah. So, look, they just have to get to Weirbus before security... Ronan's lowered his blaster. Ronan does make Thejon give up the P90 and goes, here's some stun shit. 
Because mm-hmm. I do think that even in the back of Ronan's mind, he's still like, stun shit because I don't 100% trust you, but at least now I know where you are. Yeah. And we can together go after the other person. Well, and it's funny because if you take out the factor that it's Weir and John, if these were just these two warring people on the ship, I, I think I would also lean towards helping Thalen before I helped Phoebus. Yeah, well, and again, oh, 100%, yeah, if you, get to, if, you, if you have any interaction between the two of them, yeah, the one who's not trying to do collateral damage is definitely yeah, the one, the one to who's, form an uneasy yeah, the alliance The one not with. threatening everybody else and innocent bystanders is probably the lesser of the two yeah. evils. Yeah. So, cool fly through the city again. Weir is rolling crazy high on our stealth checks. Uh, the- yeah. uh, Thejan and Ronan are now wearing night vision goggles, which... Duh. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, Carson is obviously doing his best cleric and checking on the injured marines. Rodney is yeah. assessing the damage. Uh, the ZPM is in fact intact, but uh, the console was half destroyed by some P90 fire. Yay. No clue how long it's going to take McKay to fix it. Mm-hmm. And... The next scene, that uneasy alliance between Thajan and Ronan doesn't last long. Yeah. When Thajan just uses Ronan as a decoy. That went real quick there. Has him continue walking on, saying it's clear, while Thajan goes and sneaks around the other way. Ronan does see Weirbus just in time to dive out of the way. Um, because it's pretty close range for some P90 fire. Mm-hmm. Um, John misses his shot from behind, and Weirbus continues running off. And Thajan just walks over to Ronan and is like, Look, super sorry the plan didn't work. Super sorry I had to use you. Ronan then realizes how he's been played. Yep. Um, and Thajan does admit, he goes, Just to let you know uh, if it makes you feel better. John is screaming in my head. He's super upset. <laughs> and he's Oh, that's he's, a super nice thing to mad. think about. He's he's real mad at you for believing me. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but he does at least <laughs> as we say he does call a medical team down for Ronan. Um it does take Ronan's blaster. because uh, we see Ronan shot in the stomach. And we know Ronan, and we know Ronan's pain tolerance, so for him to be in that much visual pain? Yeah. Um, it's not good times. It's real bad. Especially no. the faces he's making. There's, like, this sense of awareness yeah. of how bad it is. Because we've yeah. seen Ronan take a shot and then just stay up and keep going. We've seen yeah. that, like, <laughs> barbarian rage in rage. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, this, this to me is, is a mark where Thajan is not just leaving dead in his wake for, like, he is considering collateral damage. Yeah. In his pursuit. Yeah. I I mean, the fact that he calls in that Ronan is down is pretty. Yeah. Indicative. 100%. Not saying he's like a good guy, just in comparison. Nope. Just a different scale. It's a scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. In comparison to the uh, actual, like, psychotic nature of uh-huh. <laughs> Werebus. 
So Caldwell gets the message that there's a man down, and they're cautious about an ambush to send a med team down, which, accurately, considering the situation. Mm. He also calls for a report from McKay, who's just like, can you leave me the fuck alone and let me work, and I'll let you know when I have a time to tell yeah. you? Please never talk to me, bye. <laughs> yeah. Carson's... Carson, because he's goddamn Carson, is like... Have we maybe thought about not chasing them with fucking guns and, like, talking to them? Yeah, it's not a dumb Which idea to just stall them. Is not a thing, again, we were talking about how people's brains work differently, not even something that Caldwell had considered. Not at all. And yeah. Carson's like, we know the imprint doesn't last forever. It's a ticking clock. Just run the time out. Yeah. Yeah. He's not wrong. Keep him busy for hours. And Caldwell, I love, I love Caldwell. He's like, I'll take it under advisement. Yeah. In the exact way that means I'm going to completely ignore everything you just said. Yeah. Uh, why don't you throw it in the suggestion box? I'll get to it <laughs> yeah. later. <laughs> uh, he's like, meanwhile, you're going to have a patient in the infirmary soon. So maybe go there. And... And on his way out, Carson's like, you know, McKay, I could I could use some light there too. And McKay's like, I hate everyone. <laughs> All of you are the worst. Oh. All of you are the absolute worst. I hate this place. I should be in charge by it. Yeah. Well Well, and here's here's I think a fun difference with McKay. Because we've mentioned we have this before. Whereas that you and I have a relationship where we could basically, like, if someone had to next someone, one of us could just go, can you fuck off right now? And, like, we yeah. would not... That's just a thing that we could say to each other. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because we have that relationship. But then others, yeah. we know, we can't go to that place with others when they ask me. McKay uh -huh. doesn't know the difference. <laughs> no. He just treats everybody that way. And, and yeah. yeah, and yeah, people yeah, yeah. either adjust or don't. <laughs> because I can imagine Carson is someone who, and if McKay had the type of brain that we had, where he'd be like, Carson's someone he could go, yeah, can you fuck off and I'll tell you when I have lights for you? Yeah. So and Caldwell's I, someone where he'd yeah. be like, Car uh, Caldwell would be like, no, I don't know yet. I will let you know when they have the time. Instead, McKay's just like, everyone fuck off well not only this right caldwell and mckay haven't worked together long so for mckay um like for, from caldwell to mckay like he doesn't know that mckay's gonna come through the way we yeah. know that mckay will come through there's a yeah. couple of guys that we work with that are very prickly but i know they're gonna yes. get it done so i'm just like oh, i'm gonna leave you alone if you don't get it done then yeah. i'm gonna be mad but most of the time you just get it done but there's exactly like that I don't know as well where I'm like, hey, where are you on this thing? I need to know if it's going to get done. I don't know where your anxiety meter lies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. You keep talking. So, I have to walk away for 30 seconds, but I will be right, okay. right back. No problem. So Ronan is being prepped for a... And, and we're going to definitely continue on this trend until Grace gets back, because I would love to hear her thoughts on a powerless surgery for poor Ronan here. Um, and I do find it amusing that this poor Marine has somehow no clue that a torch means a flashlight. 
Uh, and and I love how Carson's like, Carson's like, it's the bloody dark ages. I was waiting to hear your thoughts on the complete powerless surgery. Oh, yeah, that was, you know, God bless Carson. He's going to do what he's got to do every time, no matter what it takes. But that can't be fun. Well, and here's here's what I here is one of my favorite things about Carson among the many many things because if you haven't told if you haven't been able to tell Carson is one of our favorites Carson is not always okay Carson in general pretty like laid back dude like Carson is but if there is a life at stake Carson is in full command you do not question him you do what he says. He is completely in charge. He knows his shit. Full command. Done. I am issuing all the orders. You know what it, I mean? Like, yeah. he has this switch. It, it, you know, it's almost like in every other part of his life, he's a little bit insecure. If you remember early, he didn't want to get yeah. on the ancient chair. He didn't want to go yep. off planet. He didn't want to do. Yeah. He's, he's very uncomfortable with most of life. Uh, it reminds yes. me a little bit of my stormy. Like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. Except when he's saving lives. He's like, bitches, this is the wheelhouse. He's like, like, everyone listens to me and you do not question. Let's go. Like, I I just, I love. Exactly. I just love that, that switch that is flicked. Yeah. Yeah. It's very specific. I, and, and. I think we get to this a little bit later, but he's always so conscientious of those doing the work with him. Yes. Yeah, he does very specifically thank everyone later. Yeah. Yeah. So, Taylor very quietly radios to Caldwell that she's at the base of the tower tracking Werbis. Mm-hmm. Um, I can hand, she's like, look, I can handle this bitch on my own, um, but it does mean that Thajon's nearby, so send someone else for them, for him. Yeah. Um, Carson, meanwhile, is able to get the. Yes. Carson, meanwhile, is able to get the bullet out with, like, can we get some more lighting? Like, come on. Yeah. On this poor guy. It's like half dark and shadowy as he's trying to do surgery on Ronan. Yikes. Um, But he's gonna, he's gonna try to get the bleeding stopped next. Weirbus stealths along. Uh Taylor's not far behind. And then behind Taylor is Thajon with Ronan's gun and night vision goggles just sitting there waiting. I mean, that's fine. Who he fine. ends up ends up shooting Taylor with the stunner, who and as he walks past her, just get annoyed that these people keep getting in the way. And he does noticeably crank Ronan's blaster to a higher setting. Oh boy. And Thajon and Weirbus just start shooting each other around posts. Yeah. Thajon's like, look, go ahead. Use all your ammo. Your people don't know how to fight. This is why you're going to win the... Or it's why you're going to lose the war. Mm-hmm. And uh, Weirbus is like, the war's not over yet. And just lays down all of this cover fire, destroying a whole bunch of very helpless plants in the process. I call this section the mad shit talking section. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it is. Yeah. They're just talking trash to each other. It's just trash dog. It's just cutting words back and forth. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, McKay gets everything hooked up and he's about to plug in the ZPM for partial power. Caldwell is ready. They have reports of weapons fire. Taylor's not answering. So bad. 
and we get this beauty shot of the city lighting up with all the lights. Yeah, that was cool. I feel like I think that's. I wonder if the episode was a little short because we keep doing these really cool things. Yeah, but I feel like they're space films. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I don't care if they are. I'll take. I don't. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. Um, and of course, the power comes on right as Carson is done with the surgery. Typical. Uh-huh. But at yeah. least they can scan Ronan to make sure nothing was missed and also relieve the poor person who has to sit there and, like, manually give him the ventilator. Oh, jeez, yeah. Those Just arms are tired. Manually going. Yeah, those forearms, man. Yeah. That's a forearm workout right there. Yeah. So right. um, the, the lights come on, and Wirbus dives into a doorway under fire and pulls the crystal hoping to slow Thajon down, who's just like, fine, I'll fuck off in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And we see Weir get to a computer, type something, and the doors start closing around the city. And the alarm starts going off. And McKay runs up to the control room. Chuck reports there are portions of the city. We see doors shut all over the city. The city is sealing itself. It's going crazy. Um, thankfully, ta- thankfully, Taylor wakes up in time, so she keeps her head. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, it turns out Weir took control of the city and placed it in total lockdown under her command code only. Oh, boy. Which they can't invalidate now because Coldwell and McKay argue about whose fault this is, but no one thought to invalidate their codes. You, right? I, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Um, and yeah. it seems like something McKay should have been on top of. And I'll, yeah. I'll give it to Caldwell. Honestly, I feel like he's got a little bit of more room for the mistake here because he, yeah. he's not on base often. This isn't where he's at. No. Um, but McKay, you live here. And if anyone should be ready to take people's power to or, or access away, it should be you. Like, to me, that seems it's, like something it's he's your... trying to do all the time. You keep claiming it's essentially your computer system. Yeah. You should. You take so much ownership of this thing, and you didn't do it. So Caldwell's like, well, can you hack it? And, and McKay's like, well, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Of course I can hack it. I helped design it. But I'm going to use my own command codes. Okay, fine. And like, it, this and... is the part where I would be well, so pissed at McKay. I know. I do. I do like McKay's like, well, it's totally not because I don't trust you, but just because I have to put in the 16 long alphabet like, number a whole bunch of times. Yeah. I, I and I haven't like, gotten around to mesmerizing yours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't give do a it. fuck. Just do it. No, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> I do like that it is a snarky comeback for him being like, I haven't memorized your number yet. And I do, I found that amusing on two levels because A, if anyone's going to have other people's command codes actually secretly mes- memorized, it's yeah. going to be McKay. That's fair. But clearly he doesn't have, you hear, oh, here's a question. So, so does he actually know everyone else's and Weirbus just changed hers beforehand well, so, like, the first thing McKay does is try Weir's command code? Uh, no. I think that Weir may be the one person that he respects the code for. Maybe. Like, like yeah, maybe. He he knows John's, that's for damn sure. He knows John's, he knows Ron. Like, he, 
he has what he thinks are is is what he thinks is the usual suspects if you will like i'm gonna okay. remember all the troublemakers codes and not the troublemakers knows... in any sense but his own yeah so to him the he troublemakers are like he probably doesn't have taylor's because she's not a troublemaker well and i don't even know if taylor and ronan have them like, well, Taylor and Ronan probably have their own password, but not, like, a command code. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, but, like, um, there's certain people on the ship that he's, like, you're fine, I don't care about you, and there's people who are, like, you're trouble, I have to watch you. Ronan's password is password, I'm just yeah. putting oh, it yeah. out there. Yeah, either that or one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. Or just Ronan, like, his password's just his name. Yeah. Ronan. And he still has to type it in twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Weirbus calls Caldwell uh, to negotiate. You know, she's sure you can, look, you, I know you can override my codes, but I know it's going to take McKay a little bit of time to do that. And I don't have time to just sit around and do that. And, like, you can either try to wait me out, but Look at all this trouble I can do. Like, yeah. I could fuck with life support. I can call the Wraith, like Caldwell did. Yeah. If she's like, I just want Thajon. Yeah. At the least, I could do is just kill Weir. And, like, that's yeah. the shittiest part. Minimum. Yeah, at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's like, don't, don't fuck with me. Like, give me John. Or I'm going to start killing people. Mm -hmm. I may or may not start with Weir. Yeah. And Chuck calls Caldwell over. They have sensors up. And um, they know that Tayla and Thajon are sealed off in the same area. So Tayla is just waking up. And they call her and they like, look, dude's just above you. You're in the same area. And she's like, I got this, bro. Yeah. I'm on it. So they... Thajon, like, tries to open the door, and it doesn't work. And he just starts taunting Weirbus. Just some more trash talk. Uh, like, I thought you wanted to end this. This is just going to end another stalemate. Frustrated all this, he shoots the door's uh, controls. The door just barely opens. He gets his hands in there, tries to muzzle it open. And right on the other side is Taylor, who, without extra thought, just stuns him. So he slumps in the door. I love it. All Taylor needed was a direct command. Like, she's like, look, I'm ready. I just don't know what the fuck to do yeah. right now. She just needed that yeah. direct command. She's like, got it. I'm on a mission now. Like, full Terminator. So, Weirbus looks through the security cameras. Can't find Thajon. Like, do you have him or not? And mm -hmm. McKay's still hacking, so Caldwell tries stalling. Yeah. He's like... And and Weir's like, please, like, don't even try. Even Weir knows that you're hopeless. Again, even though it says hopeless, he said, my notes say hopeless. She said hopeless. My head just goes, helpless. <laughs> <laughs> your eyes and I'm sorry. He's a little bit helpless. Um, uh, Caldwell is like, nope, we're really close to having him. And McKay's like, we're not anywhere goddamn close to hacking into the system. Mm. Like, I don't know what, keep stalling. Yeah, just there's Meanwhile, else we could do. Weirbus has a really cool way of rerouting the new Halon fire suppression system to personnel quarters, which mm -hmm. is where, you know, most of the population is. Mm -hmm. um, and 
you know, she knows that we were concerned that Talon could kill people as well as fire. So... And just in case you were wondering, hell on fire suppression is a real thing. Yep. I think I... I've, so... It's existed somewhere that I worked before. Is it our current workplace? Possibly. So, yeah. little, little, we're, we're running long, so I'll try to... I'll, I'll compress the science section. Yeah. But halomethane is actually a fire extinguishing system. So halogens are a group of five elements on the periodic table. Uh, fluorine, chlorine, bromine, iodine, and acetine. Mm-hmm. And halomethane is like if you were to take methane and take some of the hydrogen that's in methane and replace it with a halogen. Oh, and, okay. um, yeah. So they're naturally occurring and man-made. And there's a ton of them. Like, it's not one or two chemicals. There's so many of them. And, fun fact, some of those things do really, really shitty, horrible things, like destroy the ozone layer. That's not good. We need that guy. We do. Uh, So, diochloromethane is... I just... Listen, I didn't read more into this. All I saw is the fun fact that it is used in both paint strippers and to decaffeinate coffee. Cool. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's other things that decaffeinate coffee that's not also I wanna, used I want to know what the strippers. connection is. Like, and so it just destroys things. Here's my thing. All I know is it confirms my theory of there's no goddamn fucking point of drinking non, of non-caffeinated coffee. Just drink something else. Well, um... Come back to me when we're 60 and have high blood pressure. <laughs> but then I'll just drink something else. Like, if I don't want caffeine, I just don't drink coffee. Well, see, that's the thing, right? Is some of us drink coffee for the flavor and some of us drink it for the caffeine. Yeah, I'm not one of those people, I don't <laughs> think. Like, I enjoy the flavor of coffee, but I don't drink it for the coffee flavor. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I drink it for... For the caffeine, which is why frequently we have high caffeine coffee in the house. (laughs) I just drink it because I'm addicted to it. (laughs) So, but as a fire suppressant, it's actually really fun chemistry as to how this works. Uh, It's, what it does is it basically latches on and steals the hydrogen from the room. And so fires actually need the hydrogen to keep going. So... Even if there's still oxygen, like fuel and, right. and heat in the room, the fire can't keep going because it essentially steals all the hydrogen. From I love the air. it. It feels like such an elegant way to just to, to stop a fire. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect system. It the but the thing it comes down to is it can take because it just takes the hydrogen and leaves the oxygen, it's not as likely to kill people. Like, okay. if you were to use a carbon dioxide method, it takes more carbon dioxide, so you have a higher likelihood of, like, you know, killing right. people. Um, this doesn't mess with the oxygen part. So, unless you. she's doing something else and, like, shoving only the halon into the uh, system, this is actually not as likely to kill all of our expedition members interesting as i think she thinks it's going to i feel like rodney would be able to Unless... tell us this if he wasn't so preoccupied yeah 
Or, again, she's fucking with some other way. Yeah. And, like, pumping hell on and something else. Sure. So, Caldwell admits that they do have Thajon, and Weirbus wants to see him on security camera, um, which we do after Caldwell passes it. We see him being dragged there. And Weirbus isn't surprised that Taylor's is the only person who could manage to capture him. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to wait until he wakes up. So... Caldwell asks uh, again if there's progress from McKay, and McKay just snaps. Is like, for the record, like I'm the one saving the city because the Space Marines couldn't track down two fucking people, yeah. and like now two people know the city better than anyone. And Caldwell's like, I was against this from the start. You were yelling at me for absolutely no reason. Yeah, remember the part where we're on the same side. Literally and yeah. also figuratively, like they actually yeah. have a lot more in common um, than yeah. McKay is re- remembering in this moment. They're both pretty conservative in their decision making. They John starts to wake up and tries to convince Taylor that it's it is John. It's totally me, John. Mm. Uh, Taylor's not having any of it, and he drops the act when Weirbus joins the audience. He's like, yeah, it was it was a shot in the dark. I yeah. didn't roll very high. Yeah. The control room is now also watching the same security feed, and Weirbus orders Taylor to shoot and kill Thajon now, or she's going to vent all the hell on fire suppressants to living spaces, which, well, I mean, again, as I've said, probably wouldn't be delightful, but probably wouldn't kill everyone. Mm-hmm. Not that anyone realizes that. Caldwell I mean, yells at McKay again, who's it. working. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, Taylor's like, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. But at the same time, three quarters of the expedition are at risk. This is a classic, what's the train paradox? Yep. The train mm-hmm. question? You know? Who do you if, kill on the track? You either flip the switch. Uh-huh. One person yeah. or three quarters of the expedition. Yeah. Yikes. There is no right And it, again... It makes it more difficult when it's just a random dude that you don't know as a single person or uh-huh. if it's John. Yeah. Taylor asks Wirbus, like, why? Mm-hmm. Why all this? And she's like, look, all my entire life was spent at war. These two planets, we've wiped each other out so there's only a few fighters on either side. And if we are indeed the last of our people and he's the last of my enemy, well, then if I kill him, then we win the battle. We win the war. Well, and she's like, I also have nothing to lose because pretty soon I'm going to go into some convulsions and then I'm going to cease to exist because all the memories will be gone. So at the very least, I know my people have won and I have literally nothing left to lose. It's truly just a full on revenge plot. It's just nothing but hatred pushing her through this. Yep. The only thing she lives for is to seeing this guy die. Yikes. And and Taylor tries to be like like that was so many years ago, yo. Like it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. And she goes, it matters to me. Oof. So Taylor turns to Thajon, who's like, "Look, Taylor, if you kill me, then you also kill John Shepard." And Which he lays down this hint of, he cares for you way more than you know. Hmm. Which true or ploy i think it's 
true, but only in the sense that because again, he's only getting this from John, right? I think yeah. John doesn't doesn't believe that Taylor thinks they're friends. Like John I... believes that Taylor just thinks they're coworkers because she's so guarded. Yeah, I have a hunch that it is also true, but I think because it's John, it's just like a weird mix of emotions that he's like, I'm not going to touch and try to process that shit because we're on the same team, so I'm just going to let it, I'm just going to shove it over here in a corner and just like let that shit be. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think ultimately, I think John just wants to be friends with Taylor and like he wants to be more than just like a superior. And and I think that's... Yeah tough for him to figure out well and well but as we know uh, listen we we are the people who can proudly claim that you can have a very 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 deep relationship with someone and not have it be romantic like that's oh yeah i didn't even think that i wasn't yeah i i don't think it's it's a room i don't think it's i don't even know that that's implied yeah yeah I know there's people out there who are who definitely are on the page of men and women can't have like friendships and deep relationships without it being somehow romantic, and I'm like, no, they hundred percent can. I think I think you can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, let's wrap this so, up. So, so Taylor. Yeah, I know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm, I swear, we're getting there. <laughs> Taylor really doesn't want to do this. We're running real fucking long. Yeah. Taylor really doesn't want to do this. Oh, Weirbus is like, shoot, or I'm gonna release the gas. Um, Caldwell is like, look, 100% she can release the gas. I'm also 100% not going to tell you what to do because I'm not there and you do you, boo. Yeah. 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 So it's super tense. Taylor turns and does point her P90 at they John, at John, and holds it and ponders. And you can see, like, she's covered in sweat. She doesn't know what to fucking do. Yeah. Like, Sophie's goddamn choice. And um, Thejan's like, look, John doesn't think you're going to be able to do it. Who knows if that's true or not. Yeah. Taylor asks for forgiveness from John. And just in time, McKay hacks into the system and Caldwell's like, don't fucking fire. Stop. Please don't kill him. I hope it's not too late. And she quickly lowers her gun in relief. And Weirbus realizes what happened. Gets a little annoyed and takes her anger out on the floating monitor by shooting it. I love that. I love that she's just like, I need to shoot something. Yeah. So McKay can't keep Weir locked where she is. He had to like let the whole city loose in order to knock Weir out. Yeah. Um, So Taylor's on the run. Well, it goes to run. And Thaychan's like, you can't just like leave me tied up like this. You can't let her win. Mm. And he starts going into convulsions there on the floor. And at some point, Taylor kneels down as John starts to wake up after these convulsions. This is my and favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah, she's like, are, are, "Is is it you? Are you okay?" And John's like, "No matter what I fucking say, you're not going to believe me. So there's no real point in even yeah. trying." And behind Taylor is Weirbus, ordering mm-hmm. Taylor to step aside. And Taylor knows, since what she has in her hand is a stunner, mm-hmm. regardless of whether this is John or Thay John, either one of them is going to try to stun Weirbus with it. Yeah. So Taylor's like, he's totally unconscious. John's like, close my eyes. Um, and sleight of hand slides him the stunner. Uh-huh. 
So this she stands up, moves away. This is my favorite part of the whole thing. She just takes control of it's this entire so situation. Yeah. And Rubus wants to see wants to see Thejan's face, who just quickly sits up lightning fast, shoots Weirbus, and a moment later, Taylor kicks the stunner away from John's hands. Yep. Because again, um, she's got Lauren then control. runs in. Uh-huh. Lauren just runs in with Marines. Um, and they're going to take both of them down to the infirmary. And Taylor and Mr. John, she's like, I don't know who the fuck you are, but either way, you're going to shoot her. So yeah. you were gonna do I, what I didn't really matter. Yeah. 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 And I she just, just like walks away. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> just like, you're here. Cool. I'm done. My job is done. Gotta go. I'm, by, now. I'm tired now. Yeah. So... Sometime later, Weir wakes up in the infirmary. Uh, John calls out, good morning, good morning, from the bed next to her. Uh, tells her that Phoebos held on for quite a while, but finally left kicking and screaming in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, John is engrossed this whole time with the palm pilot in his hand, and I'm yeah, assuming he's he playing, playing? Like, Minesweeper uh, yeah, Solitaire. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, gotta be it. He's definitely not doing work. No, oh, no, he's playing a game. If he's just, he wishes he had a Game Boy right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he's like, yeah, it. They agree. It was an absolute nightmare. They were both screaming in their own heads, and they couldn't get anything that they wanted to say to come out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And Weir is concerned that she shot Ronan. John's like, don't worry. A, it wasn't you. And B, he's fine. Yep. He's in post-op. He's Ronan. Pretty <laughs> sure he's Ronan. Pretty sure the only people who really 100% believe they are back to being who they are is Carson and the two of them. Yeah. And Caldwell as he comes in. Yeah. And I like, you know, we're things for keeping things under control. And I like that they don't have to deep dive into this whole parallel situation yeah they're just they they don't yeah it doesn't have to be a giant conversation it's like i get it i get it now i get it yeah Yeah. um and even badly jokes about it that's fine yeah and he's gonna head off and do some paperwork uh because the paperwork is gonna be a nightmare especially that kiss part i do love that he has to throw that in there (laughs) The two of them were probably just going to pretend that that shit didn't happen. I think Weir's reaction to that moment is so perfect because she does the thing where she tries to sink further into the bed. And it's like, you're there. He can see you. A little bit of a blush and a little bit of a sink. And just like, I just snogged. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) Can we just pretend that that never happens? Yep. And we fade out. The end. Holy moly. This was a fun episode. Uh, Which is I, why we talked for almost two hours. Holy crap, guys. Um, we'll wrap it up quick here. This was super fun. Yeah. I really loved I love Taylor's genius move at the end. Um, yes. I like that Weir got to be a badass, even though she was a bad guy, technically. Yes. Um, uh, and, you know, McKay got to be full McKay. I love it. I know. Uh, what's next? So next next episode, SG one, the scourge. Bow, bow, bow. Uh, that sounds awful um, and scary and like bad times. Yes, it is. I will say 
we know people that this is one of their least favorite episodes just because of things that happen. Oh boy. Not like, I will say this. I will say this. Not because of anything like that happens in the storyline. Like nothing horrible happens. It's just one of the features in the show is a least favorite thing of someone we know. That's oh boy. This will be yeah. fun. Uh, okay, guys. We will see you next week with The Scourge. For now, thank yes. you for making it through this long. We love you guys. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, if you want to talk to us before then, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Uh, find us at Facebook, There's No Place Like Tara. You can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash the Snowflake Sectera. Rate us, like us, review us, where you find your podcast. And we will stay safe, everyone. Keep going. Phoebus. Bye, guys. Stay safe. Keep vigilant. We love you. Bye.